Good day, listeners. Jonathan Darty here with another edition of the Pure Sex Radio program. Pure Sex Radio is produced by Be Broken Ministries. Be Broken's mission is to help men, women, and families move from sexual brokenness to wholeness in Christ and equip others to do the same. Our guest today is Dr. Danny Huerta, Vice President of Parenting and Youth at Focus on the Family. He oversees Focus's initiatives that equip mothers and fathers with biblical principles and counsel for raising healthy, resilient children. One of those initiatives is the seven traits of effective parenting. In this episode, Danny unpacks these seven traits, including adaptability, boundaries, grace and forgiveness, and gratitude. If you are a parent who wants to improve how you interact with and guide your children through the joys and challenges of growing up, this episode can help. Learn more about Danny and the seven traits of effective parenting at focusonthefamily.com slash seven traits. For more resources, visit BeBroken.com or check out links in today's show notes. And please rate and review the podcast after listening to help others find it. Now, let's dive into today's conversation with Danny. Well, all right, Danny Huerta, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Jonathan. Thanks for having me on the show with you, man. This is great. Yeah, I'm really excited about this conversation because, I mean, we're we're living in a day and age where I think, um, you know, parenting can be extremely confusing um, really challenging, especially when you think about just sort of the whatever wave we're currently in and the sexual revolution. Um, there's just a lot of confusion and stress around parents trying to raise their kids in this culture, especially parents who say, listen, we we believe in the God of the universe. We believe in the God of the Bible. And we want to raise our kids in, as the word says, the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And so I wanted to have you on today to talk about what you call the the seven traits of effective parenting um, and really how that applies to this whole topic. So can you first just let us know um, a little bit more about your role at Focus on the Family and then help us understand what these seven traits are and how parents can can use them in their homes? Yeah, well, Jonathan, I uh, joined Focus on the Family actually uh in 2004 as a counselor uh, on the line. And before that, I was a school social worker in the schools for five years, the public school system. And I got to uh, spend time with, with kids that are having a lot of behavior issues, including the sexual issues that um, a lot of kids are facing, but it was a whole different world in 2004 than it is now. And uh, I remember joining Focus on the Family and, and uh, uh, having a private practice as well. Just the uh, the angst that parents were feeling and have been feeling around wanting to have children that have a thriving faith in Christ and also uh, are able to manage these impulses and different things that are inside of them uh, without shaming their kids, right? And uh, so I, for 11 years, I've uh, I served as, as a counselor. Now for the last six years, I'm vice president of parenting and youth I focus on the family. I get to serve as a psychologist and licensed clinical social worker and have my own private practice now for over 20 years. And I have an 18-year-old son and a 16-year-old daughter. And I've been married for about 23 years now. Uh, anniversary's coming up here, uh, close to Christmas time. <laughs> my uh, in-law, my mother-in-law and my mom said, why are you guys getting married on December 23rd? And now I understand why that question was there way back then. Back then, we thought it was pretty romantic, but uh, yeah. it gets complicated once you have kids and families and you're trying to do well, Christmas. Our, right? our anniversary is actually on December 30th. And uh, oh, yeah. I tell yeah. people there was a really simple answer to that. It's a tax break. <laughs> <laughs> 
we didn't want to wait till the new year to wait a whole nother year for the tax break. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we weren't that strategic in it. We just said, wow, that sounds fantastic. My wife was excited about it. So, so let's do it. And we got the question, why would, why in the world would you do it the day before Christmas Eve? That's right? funny. But, um, I, I've really I've worked with kids, families, teens uh, around the topics of anxiety, depression. A uh, big one has been sexuality. And so the seven traits has uh, was really birthed when I was in graduate school in the late 1990s before I became a parent. And there was a project at the University of Denver that I took on. Uh, when they said, hey, we, we, uh, th there's this paper that you need to write. It was a major paper, and I didn't like the assignment. So I said, could I just do a, a special assignment? And the teacher said, as long as you can defend it, um, I'm, I'm good with it. And I said, I want to tackle the topic of parenting because someday I want to be a parent. Hmm. And that was kind of that token male in the program and also Christian. I was kind of a <laughs> – I kind of stood out, and I remember driving – with this group, this cohort that would drive to the graduate school, uh, graduate school social work in Denver. And uh, a lady in the car said, man, I hate that place. And it was, she was pointing to focus on the family. Mm. And that was interesting. Now I work at focus on the family. And we had some rich conversation on the way to, to school. And so the parenting was seen very differently depending on the worldview lens. And so I began to, to write that. I turned it in. It won an award at DU. And, uh, and they said, hey, you should publish this. I said, well, I'm not a parent yet. And so, so fast forward now to my dissertation in, in my PsyD program, and I decided to tackle from a research, deep research perspective, these seven traits of effective parenting. Now that I had two children, I'd gone through it. Boy, that book changed uh, tr dramatically to a much more realistic uh, place and a lot of practical tools for parents. That's the goal of that book. Um, and it's really based off of the research from the authoritative parenting style of a high level of sensitivity and warmth and a high level of guidance and boundaries along the way that parents need to balance. A lot of times we fall in one or the, one of the two. We're either really good at boundaries and limits, very task focused, or we're very warm and sensitive and have a hard time with boundaries and limits. So it's, it's about growing both as a parent, not as a husband, wife, but as one parent doing that. And if both parents do that, you, you are effective in leading your kids well, guiding them along the way and developing relationship with them. And Jonathan, I love being a dad. I mean, that, mm -hmm. that is just, it's an amazing invitation that we get. So let's talk about these traits then, because I'm sure everybody's chomping at the bit to be like, hey, okay, so I want to be an effective parent, especially in dealing with these issues of of sexual brokenness and just understanding, uh, you know, managing sexuality. So what are these traits? Yeah. So the first one, and they're intentionally broken down in the book, I start with adaptability and we start with that. I mean, from the time you're adjusting to a spouse to sleep deprivation and diapers exploding, right? You're, you're adapting to new things and, and, uh, so you start with adaptability, and then if, if you're adaptive, you can handle developing respect. And if you, if you handle adaptability and respect well, then you can be an intentional parent. If you do those th three things well, then you're well on your way to steadfast love. And if you do those four, then you've got boundaries and limits. Uh, now you can set the, the table set for those. And then you'll need grace and forgiveness. And those can't be separated. Those are one trait. And then 
gratitude. And when you're grateful, when you have a gratitude type of culture in your home, you develop an adaptive home. It develops that psychological flexibility you need to adjust to the that wasn't supposed to happen moments that come your way. And those those do happen. And uh, really, the goal with these seven traits is to raise contributors in God's kingdom story rather than consumers. And that's that's really the the goal of this is to create genuinely loving uh, human beings that see themselves as contributors in God's kingdom rather than just consumers. Yeah, describe a little bit more of that difference between uh, contributor, contributor and consumer. Yeah, yeah, and we, we talk about this in our home a lot. And the, the kids go, hey, dad, I'm being a contributor. And I still remember uh, the first day of, of junior high with my son taking him to school. And I said, remember, you're going to be a contributor while you go to school. And that means being a noticer. There are going to be some kids that, that um, are alone or are afraid. And it's being able to think beyond themselves out of care for someone else. And I'll never forget, he came home that day and he said, Dad, I was, I was a contributor. I saw kids sitting alone at the lunch table and I went and sat with them. And I'm going to continue to do that. that was, I loved doing that. And his friends had asked, where are you going? And he said, well, I'm going to go sit with, with him. He's, he's sitting by himself. And so then they followed him and they sat around him. And that boy, um, still to this day, they, they moved to another state and still writes to my son and has thanked them for that. And, and uh, it was a meaningful contribution into that child's life. And so it's really about loving and being kind and caring and respectful to other people for the benefit of them. A consumer, you could be, you could look very similar behaviorally, and that is you're kind, you're loving, because there's a transaction. You're wanting something in return. You're actually expecting something in return. I'm a consumer here, so I'm going to be nice to you only if you're going to be nice back to me. Or if you're nice to me or you say something to me, I'll, I'll uh, you know, kind of reciprocate that to you. And that's our natural bent. We're more naturally consumers. So contributors that takes a lot of teaching, molding, and, and refining and growing and maturing along the way. And that's where as parents, we are invited into that formation of a, of a soul in our kids. And what an amazing invitation. Parenting is just as transformational for the parents as it is for the kids. And uh, yeah, let's we get to contribute into their lives. Let's talk about that a little bit, because the reality is, is that nobody goes into parenting, um, if I can put it this way, unbroken. In other words, we've all got our own brokenness in our own lives. How do you help parents navigate the reality that they've got they've got histories, that there may still be some unhealed wounds or some traumas that are part of their history, maybe related to even sexual issues that have been unresolved. And now they're bringing that into their parenting and they're struggling with even bringing up the topic of sexuality in any kind of way with their children, what's necessary and, and how do some of these traits even help start to guide parents in a, in a way in which some of the history in a parent can be dealt with in order to actually have this thriving, contributing kind of environment in their home? Well, that's great. I, you know, brokenness uh, leaves an environment that's ripe for growth. You, you can develop humility, you can, you can actually, it, it leaves room for a ton of love. So when people are at their worst is when they need love the most, right? So that's when we actually get to practice love. So if you were a perfect parent, you'd rob your kids 
of the opportunity to know how to love somebody else. And so in your brokenness, if you're not genuine in the fact, or it, it, you're not stepping into that parenting uh, space, knowing that you are sinner, you're bringing a brokenness, you're missing out on the opportunity to actually be relational with your child. Now, there, it, it takes a lot of wisdom on what you actually will share with your kids around, especially around the topic of sexuality. And sometimes it's mainly sharing it with a counselor and just saying, hey, I'm on a journey of growth and learning how to love well and pray for me, right? And so we can ask for prayer from our kids. We can learn a lot from our kids. I still remember a time with my son. Um, I'll never forget this moment. He was four years old. We were sitting at the kitchen table. It was a stressful time in, in my marriage uh, with, with my wife. And uh, but I, I didn't think I was showing any of that, right, Jonathan? You think, oh, everything's good. I'm just talking to my son. And he has one of those, he had a construction playset that uh, he was playing with. And uh, as, as we were talking, he said, hey, daddy, uh, daddy broken, need fixed. And he walked around the table and put it right on my side and, and started to, to um you know, have the, the screwdriver there to show that he was fixing me. And I was just mm. going, Lord, you're speaking to me. God speaks to us through our kids. And if you see that opportunity, that invitation that you have as a parent, know that it's a very healing process as you teach and as you start to guide your kids towards something new, something different, something better. And when you've done it wrong, just the fact that you acknowledge that it, it, it was wrong before begins to create the, the realization that you have a wound that needs healing. And now uh, you, you can have humility. Humility leaves the teachability open for adaptability to happen and you to begin to adapt to the fact that, yeah, I'm a sinner. And now I get to teach and guide and love my children. And that doesn't make me a bad person. It makes me a potentially redeemed person mm -hmm. that God can use in pretty incredible ways to teach about love to my kids. What it sounds like that would, that would play in a lot to the grace and forgiveness trait as well. Right. I think sometimes maybe and speak a little bit about that because I think maybe sometimes as parents were thinking that that could be a, or that should be a one-way street. <laughs> like, like my kids yeah. need grace and forgiveness and forget that we also need grace and forgiveness. So talk about how that dynamic works into the full relationships of family members that it's, that it's kind of, we all need grace and forgiveness, not just one way. Yeah, we need it. I mean, picture two cities and they're building bridges between the two cities. Your both cities need to be in, it's bi-directional, right? So there, there's grace and forgiveness both ways. And it also begins with you having grace and forgiveness on yourself so that you can have a more compassionate perspective. You regain emotional and spiritual safety in the relationship and with yourself as well. If you come in with shame, you, you, you come in kind of blind because then it's all about you. You're, you're consuming, you're needing people to affirm and make you feel better. If you come in as a redeemed person, regaining emotional and spiritual safety, knowing that you are forgiven, you're coming in as a contributor. Now you come in forgiven. It means that you can be attentive and attuned to another person, another human being that is needing that emotional and spiritual safety. And when you 
have forgiven yourself, it, it, it creates a, a, a really freeing and safe bridge for you and your child to travel back and forth on. And so every time you go through a, a, a pass a bridge, it'd be really good for you to think about who's forgiven me and do I live forgiven? And then who do I need to forgive? And why have I not done that? Mm-hmm. That's just a good uh, visual to talk through with your kids sometimes when you're going through that, because shame many times creates a, uh, a desire to numb and fix through a sexually um, addictive type of place where you are trying to resolve things in unhealthy ways through pornography or other ways where you're trying to feel loved. And uh, we know that, that Jesus Christ began the ministry long, long time ago on this very topic that we are forgiven and grace and forgiveness is, is continuing that ministry and pressing the reset button in your, in your home. So you mentioned shame and we know that one of the most predominant issues that parents are having to deal with, with their kids is the whole issue of identity. How, how do these traits help parents navigate those conversations and really really help a, a child get a sense of their, their true identity as being made in the image of God. Yeah. One of the uh, exercises that I use in my practice is exercise of life-giving words, life-giving. What does it mean to be life-giving? Because it says in, in John seven thirty eight it says, whoever believes in me, uh, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. That's one. I always, I always leave that one open wherever I can, because I need to know there's, there's rivers of living water that have potential to come out. And what about, what do I, parenting's about drawing out in our kids. And so one thing that, that I do is with chalk markers, or you can do, use dry erase markers, uh, is, is write truths on my, where my kids are going to see themselves in the mirror. And, and I do that with families in my practice as well. Who has God said you are and who gets the biggest vote in your life? I ask that to my kids. Who's gotten the biggest vote? Who gets to say who you are? And how, how does that, how can you be masculine or feminine in how, who God has created you to be? And then I reinforce those. I go, man, I love my son. I'll tell Alex, I'll say, Alex, I love your sensitivity. I love the fact that you enjoy gardening and, and planting flowers for your girlfriend. That is just so manly to do that, man. That's smart. That's strategic. Uh, when he, he wants to help uh, cook, I'll go, man, what a, what a wonderful gift you're going to give your family in the future. Um, I, just affirming the, the design, even though some of the things that your kids may do may be more uh, culturally manly or feminine or, you know, there's confusion out there. You are intentionally, and that's one of the, uh, the traits, is intentionally entering conversations and, and forming those bids of connection with your kids, invitations to, to speak into their life. But the other one is respect. How am I managing my insecurities in me and making sure I'm being life-giving to my kids with the, and having curiosity as to who God designed them to be? And man, what a... That, that's fantastic to do because then you'll see your kids come alive in that because then they know that they've been created on purpose with design, even though they may do things that maybe tend to be a little bit more feminine. 
uh, and uh, that's okay. That doesn't mean they are a, a girl or uh, or any of that. It's an identity in Christ as a child of Christ, and that mm-hmm. is uh, something we get to pour in as as parents. And sometimes we have to put in some very clear boundaries and limits along the way around what kids consume because that's the messages come through a variety of, of, of ways, right? Social media, technology, movies. We have to be uh, very aware of the fact that that's happening. We can't be lackadaisical with that because that competes with what you're talking about. Yeah. That's one of the, that's the next thing I wanted to talk about actually is the reality that, that as parents we're ordained by God to uh, guide our children, right? To raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And so that means that there's going to be correction that's needed along the way, right? We've got to teach them the truth. We do that with an, an attitude of grace. But talk a, a little bit more about that issue of boundaries and how, how parents can, can frame up the idea of boundaries in a way that is actually life-giving rather than, you know, life-crushing, yeah, I mean, this is an interesting one. Boundaries are really about love. Uh, I, I believe boundaries to be life-giving as well. This is about giving freedom. And uh, I'll, I'll ask my kids, many times when I put a boundary that they disagree with, I'll say, why do you think the boundaries there? Let's, let's, just, let's just spend some time talking about it. Why would I even do that? Because it's not like I want to be a pain or I want to I, I wake up in the morning trying to figure out how to make your life uh, harder or more miserable. I'm really waking up knowing that there's a spiritual battle for your soul. And I'm, I need to be watchful and mindful of that. And I'm, I, I get to be your parent. I'm invited into that. And knowing that certain things create momentums inside of you, that once they begin, it, it's hard to correct. It's like a train moving down the tracks. Once it's going really fast, it's hard to change its direction. And so... I want to make sure that I'm stepping into what God has called me to do. And that's Deuteronomy 6, verses 5 to 7. I love that. Love the Lord your God with everything you've got. And after, and out of that, you get to teach your kids wherever you go. And in Psalm 119, it talks about how can a, man, a young man keep his way pure? By loving and keeping your commandments. And so the commandments, the rules, the limits are a friend. And one of the illustrations I I use consistently is the idea of fences that we have around our homes. We have property lines. There's certain things we own and we're accountable for. And as weeds blow in, other people's weeds can blow in, the seeds, other things come into our yard. We're still in charge of picking that up according to what we're wanting in our yard. And so we get to choose, I want a bush here, I want a tree there, I want a garden there, I want a basketball court there, whatever it is, right? You get to choose what's inside of that property line. And God has given us the opportunity to have a life that we take care of as we're building a soul and a relationship with God. And so the boundaries are about figuring out what is going to make you the, help you be the freest in the future. And, um, one of the one of the phrases I use with my kids is I, I want you to remember that I'm one of the few people on this planet that would without hesitation give my life for you. So you can trust the boundaries that I'm putting. I, I don't want to rob you of anything. Actually, I want you to be free. So I hope you can trust me. And I realize that this is not your favorite. And I'm okay with that. And just know I love you. I'm not here to make you happy. I'm here to I have a great relationship with you. And along the way, we're going to have happy moments together.
Yeah. So what are some of the primary uh, obstacles or challenges that you see for parents who uh, want to implement these seven traits, but they're finding certain difficulties along the way? What are some of the primary obstacles and challenges that you see that parents need to overcome in order to actually really engage these traits well in their home? Uh, one of them is the personality differences. That's so complex, right? So you have some kids that respond right away and you feel like, man, I'm getting these seven traits down right away. And then there's another child that challenges you and you're going, man, I'm so far away from these seven traits. So one of them is the reality that your kids have different personality traits. And then you and your, your, your spouse have different personality traits as well. So you may be uneven on these seven traits and that can throw you off. And then the busyness, um, we get distracted so easily. We go for the, uh, uh, the easy road. That's just our natural bend as parents. And I think about uh, many of the parents that we know and, and just in our circle of, of friends, and they've got multiple activities, right? There's stuff at church, there's, there's sports, they're getting together with, uh, with friends as well. They have their own uh, they're trying to do meal times, but then when you have three, four, five kids, multiple directions uh, that those kids are going, and the parents, and then you're not focused in on the playbook. And you really, we could have probably done 15, 16 traits potentially, but these seven really provide a doable playbook uh, for the seven if you if you hone in on one to work on one at a time. And it begins with you figuring out your stress load, how you're managing that, having conversation, husband and wife on it. And then from there, knowing this is going to be imperfect. It's about your growth. But if you're, if you're pouring into each of these seven, you're going to become more and more effective. And we actually have an assessment, the free assessment at uh, focusonthefamily.com slash the number seven and then traits. Then we push content to you through that, like email, just starting with one, your areas of growth. Those, those are the areas you can grow in. And then areas of strength, we encourage you to gift your family through those. And the more you ingrain these seven in, the more natural the flow is. And you may not even think about it, but it becomes part of your day to day. So the, really the, the biggest challenges are those, the personality differences you've got in your home. You've got to adapt to that. And that's that first one. And then adapt to your differences between husband and wife, communicating through those, being patient and loving, having grace, forgiveness towards each other, encouraging each other and, and creating that life-giving um, culture. And then the other one is just the busyness and demands, uh, just the reality of what parents are facing and they're tired. And so usually when we're tired, we just go for that um, least, least uh, the, the road of least resistance. And we go towards whatever we're most familiar with. Well, in our last few minutes that we have here, just what, what word of encouragement would you give to the parents that are out there that are kind of in the thick of it? You know, they've got kids at home. They're facing whatever the challenges are. Maybe some of them feel like they're kind of drowning or they just don't have uh, they don't feel like they've got the uh, tools that they need. What would you What would you say to them? And then um, uh, also just point them to where they might be able to get some more resources about the about the traits. Yeah, it's uh, really uh, first. It's it's just about being um, engaged. You're invited into being a parent, and just know that you're invited. There's an invitation waiting for you. 
And you're the one, you're the one that gets to invest your time, your, your energy, your skills, talents, and your kids' lives. Be encouraged. This is an imperfect process. And it's a, it's a transformational process for those that have accepted the invitation. It's not, hey, you're on stage to be the most perfect parent in the world. It's more be, be present to win. You get to uh, improve every day if you can. Try, to, try better the next day. We get a new sunrise and a new sunset each day. And that's the beauty of it. And, uh, and you get to try again. And if you can focus in on one thing at a time, you're growing each day and you could grow 365 days, right? Just doing one thing each day. Uh, you, you may not be able to change everything at once, um, but know that you are, are really trying to uh, build in your kids. Like if you're building a Lego set, you're going one building brick at a time. And pretty soon you have a, a, a full complete set that you've built that's what you're doing in your child's life. Have in the moment in the car, be intentional there. When you're, uh, when you have some free time, say, Hey, honey, do you want to go for a walk? And you have a moment of conversation there. Take those simple moments as opportunities to have relationship because as, as you build in the relationship, you have opportunities to guide. And the more you, you dig into scripture and, and look at ways to uh, guide the more wisdom you get along the way in responding to things. So know that uh, there, there's help out there as well. If you feel absolutely stuck, there are counselors that can walk that journey with you or pastors. Uh, surround yourself with some other encouraging couples if you can to pray for you and encourage you along the way, give you some life-giving words. And uh, then model just being a contributor in other people's lives. How can you genuinely love other people and, and begin to model that? And that's a wonderful first step for a lot of parents. So if you want to learn more about the seven traits, you want to dig deeper and deeper into these, you can go once again to focusonthefamily.com slash the number seven and then traits. And you can uh, see more about the book. You can take the assessment. There's email cultivation. There are articles related to that. And know that these seven traits apply to many different things. If your child's viewed pornography, if, if your child um, is struggling with chores, if you work on these, these uh, components, you'll be effective in guiding your kids and setting up what needs to happen for them to begin to respond to what you are doing as a parent. And uh, this uh, Christmas season, if you're able to, or this, this next year, try to take some time to also write notes to your rolling credits, uh, the, the people that have contributed, encouraged you, influenced you along the way, just to gain perspective that people have believed in you along the way. And you've got a lot to offer. And uh, as you step into that invitation, you'll begin to create some real positive momentums and allow the Holy Spirit to work through you. Thanks, Danny. Now, where, uh, where else could uh, parents go to get even more parenting resources from you guys at Focus? Yeah, so focusonthefamily.com slash parenting is another one where you can get general articles on a variety of parenting topics. We have age and stage uh, resources. And then this coming year, we have launch into the teen years, uh, uh, our second edition of that. And that's the uh, getaway with your child to have one-on-one -on -one time to talk about identity, friendships, um, media influences, the body and having the, a real in-depth conversation uh, and setting vision around sexuality with your kids, that's coming out. We have another one coming out this next year on Captain Absolutely, which is a graphic novel on biblical worldview. 
And uh, we have about 40 pages of great content there to talk about worldview topics. So that's just uh, a real quick uh, uh, look at some new resources coming up. We have tons there uh, waiting for you. And remember, pluggedin.com uh, mm-hmm. is a wonderful resource as you're trying to navigate movies and YouTube and uh, the, the world of entertainment to get some summaries and, uh, and then teach your kids how to make decisions as they engage with a culture that's influencing their mind. Yeah. Well, Danny, thank you so much for what uh, you're doing, what Focus has been doing for so many years on really just trying to help uh, families thrive. And so thank you for being with us today. Thanks for having me on the show, Jonathan. It's been an honor. Appreciate it. Well, listeners, we're going to be putting all of those links into our show notes. Be sure to check them out. And uh, thanks again for being with us. And we'll see you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio program. Take care. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.